Amen. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis again. The book of Genesis chapter number 4. The book of Genesis chapter number 4. We're going to begin in verse number 1. Genesis chapter number 4, verse number 1. Amen. Amen. Lord's good to us, isn't he? Amen. Praise the Lord for his mercy, his grace, his love for us. Amen. Amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's wonderful. It certainly is. Again, I would encourage our, our little ones, our young people, if, you're, uh, if you've not been in the habit, and moms and dads, help them, encourage them, start using that Bible, bring a Bible, and uh, start learning how to listen to the preacher say uh, the book, the chapter, and the verse, and start turning there. Amen. We want them to be we want them to be uh, students of the Bible, amen? We want our young people to know the Word of God. We want them to know God through His Word, amen? Genesis, yeah, bring them on Wednesday too, amen, amen. Yes, bring your Bibles, amen? amen. Genesis chapter 4, verse number 1. We're going to continue on a little bit in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 4. If you're there, say Amen. 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 Verse 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Remember, we've learned that Adam and Eve were the first human beings. They were literal, physical human beings. And so now we see that Cain and Abel are the, Cain is the firstborn of a woman ever, and Abel, his brother, being the second. So there's four people on the earth now. In verse number three, the Bible says, in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So the Lord, he received Abel's offering, and in verse 5, he rejected Cain's offering, and Cain is very upset about it. In verse number 6, notice the grace of God here from the beginning. It's like it's God is trying to give Cain a second chance. God's being patient with Cain. God is being merciful with Cain. He's, he's really literally saying in like verse 6 and 7, like, hey, we don't have to go down this path. You don't have to go down the road that you're going on. And so in verse number 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thou countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. I wasn't going to mention that, but I feel so led to do it. It's the idea that sin is going to pounce on Cain. The sin lieth at the door, like a lion, like a lion or, a, or, a, or, or something that's going to attack Cain. And so God is telling Cain, like, hey, don't go down this path. Don't go down the path that you're fixing to go down. It's, the love of God is from the very beginning. He's trying like, hey, don't, don't follow this road your own, because if you do, 
Sin lieth at the door. And what does sin bring? We've learned. What does sin bring? Sin bringeth death. And so God is saying, hey, Cain, don't go down this path. In verse number 8, And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And then we have the first murder. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this church. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in it. We praise you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness. And we thank you so much for the gospel. The Lord, that gives us all hope that an opportunity for someone or, or several here this morning that have not believed on you, Jesus, that have not received you as their Savior, Lord, I pray today they will repent and believe the gospel that they might have everlasting life, that their sins, Lord, would be forgiven, that they would have a home in heaven, that you, Lord, would indwell them by your Spirit, that, Lord, you'd make them new creatures and you would begin a lifelong, glorious work of transformation. Lord, I pray this for some souls here this morning. And, Lord, I pray that no one gets the wrong idea that, Lord, that I'm, I'm not trying to perceive or per or to portray myself, rather, as being better than anybody. I just want them to know you, Lord. I want them to experience your grace and your mercy. As I also undeservingly experienced grace, Lord, I pray that others may as well by faith in you, Jesus. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. In your name, Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Amen. And so the first man that's ever been born, first person ever been born, is a murderer. We didn't start out too well, did we? Not at all. The first man that was ever born is a murderer. And who did he kill? Like some enemy killed his own brother. First family. Two brothers. One murdered the other one. We didn't start out very well at all. Remember last Sunday morning, what happened to the, this family though? What happened to the first family? That Adam and Eve sinned. And when Adam and Eve sinned, it brought what? Death. And we think, well, it, the death, it stopped with Adam and Eve, that they died spiritually, and we know that. And they, 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 they're going to die physically. 930 years Adam lived, and he died physically. And we also know that their sin imposed upon all of their offspring eternal death, If one should die physically in the spiritual dead condition, and we know now without coming to Jesus in saving faith, they will die eternally. So sin has ruined humanity, hasn't it? We know this, don't we? I mean, we we don't even need to know, we don't even need to read this story to know this. The Bible's just teaching us that this is what happened from the beginning, that this is where we come from, and this is how we got here where we are today. I mean, I could prove there's sin in the world because probably every one of you all locked your vehicles in the parking lot before you walked into the building. Why did you do that? You did that because we, we understand we've gotten used to the sin in the world. We know there's thieves. We know that we could lose our possessions. And so we know that there is, the world has fallen. And so the first family, first man, first brothers, and the older brother killed the younger brother. And so the first man ever born was a murderer. Now, remember last Sunday morning, the Bible is teaching us that 
sin passed on from Adam and Eve. And that Cain was born a sinner because sin was passed down genetically from Adam and Eve to their offspring. The book of Romans chapter 5, and it'd be wonderful to make a note of that and think about it and pray about it. Paul is commenting on this subject of what we know as inherited sin. Or even, we, we could call it genetic sin. That you sin because of your nature. You sin because you are a sinner. And I say that often, but I think it's so important that we come to terms with that because I think some of us get the wrong idea that we are good by nature. That we are born good. Or you might think you come to church this morning, that, that's because you are good I hope you come to church this morning because you understand how much you need Jesus. (laughs) I hope you've come this morning because you have Jesus and you're praising Him because He saved you from your badness. Your worship is springing from that. His grace and His mercy upon you, a sinner. Amen? And so Adam and Eve had become sinners... And then they passed that nature on unto their offspring. And it didn't take long for it to show up, did it? So think about it. Cain didn't learn this behavior from his papa. He didn't have a papa. Cain learned this behavior genetically. It was his instinct then to sin. Because it was a part now of his nature. It was more than a learned behavior. Now you can, you can obviously, you can learn how to sin, but that is a fruit of this fallenness that all of us have that we're born with. We are born sinners. Amen? And so the book of Romans chapter 5, Paul says this about us. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. And who's the man that Paul's talking about? It's Adam. And so by Adam, sin entered into the world, and it passed on to who? Cain, his firstborn son. And so by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You know why why Jesus says in John 3, you must be born again? Because the way you are born of your mother is not the way to heaven. The way that you're born of your mother is a broken way. The way that you're born into this world is a way... of of depravity. That's why David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. What does he mean by that? Not a sinful relationship. That he was born a sinner because he was born of his mother. And so sin passed on like it did from Adam and Eve into Cain. Look at verse number 14 of Romans 5. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. So we might sin different from Adam, but we're all sinners because by one man's sin entered into the world. And again, I want to remind you, that's why Jesus has come offering hope to anybody here this morning. That's why he came offering life. Because he came into a world that is dead and dying and doomed to an eternal death. And Jesus came offering life. That's why in the same sermon that Jesus was sharing with Nicodemus, when he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again, 
That's why he said, I didn't come, Nicodemus, to condemn the world. The world is already condemned. It's already condemned, Jesus said. I don't have to condemn it. Therefore, I come bringing life because the world is already broken. And so why is it like that? Because of the sin of Adam and Eve. It is your instinct to sin. It is your genetic makeup to sin. It is your nature to sin. I quote this a lot, but that's why the gospel promises this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's no longer in Adam, right? Because in Adam is sin and death. But if any one of you be in Christ, the Bible uses an interesting description. You are a new what? A new creature. That old things have passed away and all things have become new. What is the newness that the Bible is teaching us? What is Jesus offering new to you and I? He is offering life where there once was death. He's offering hope when there once was a destiny, a destination called hell. He's saying, come to me that you might have life because you're already broken. And today, if you might feel downtrodden, depressed, anxious, sin-sick, literally sin-sick, feel doomed and condemned, full of shame and grief and misery. Jesus is offering you life. Jesus is offering you hope. Jesus is offering you forgiveness of sin. You say, well, how dare you call me a sinner? You already are one. And all of us are one. Let's, let's add another one before we get any further. This is the gospel, amen? What did Paul say in Romans 3.23? For what? All of sin, haven't we? Why? Because we're all from Adam. And we genetically and instinctively sin because that is our genetic nature. It's been passed down from Adam to begat, 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 begat. And what? We're not getting better Only Jesus can reverse the curse. Amen? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift, listen to it, for the wages of sin is death. You ever sinned? I know you have. The wages of sin is death. What you get out of sin is death. Remember last week, Adam, I'm telling you, the day you eat thereof, ye shall surely die. The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And sin brings upon more death. So Cain was born dead spiritually. Cain was a sinner by nature. And this dead sinful nature manifests itself in the life of Cain. That's its instinct, it's genetic... It manifests itself in the life of Cain through anger first and jealousy, right? Anger and jealousy that sin brings forth what? More sin. And so God's like, Cain, you're heading down the wrong path. Don't go on this path. You need to check it right now. You need to come to me right now. You need to listen to God right now. And sin brought forth more sin and more sin and more sin and more sin. That's the story of our life, isn't it? And more sorrow and more grief and more problems and more misery and more regrets and more heartache and more shame and, all, and sin 
finally did what in Abel's life? Cain's life. He manifests himself that day walking with his brother and Cain slew his brother. Why did he do that? Because Cain is a sinner and it is his nature to sin. You see why Jesus said, Nicodemus, hey, listen, I know you're a pretty religious guy. You know the Bible, don't you? You know the story? I know, Nicodemus, you're a very fine man, but you need to be born again because you are born broken and you're, you are dead and you are on your way to eternal death unless you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You've heard it put this way, haven't you? Sin will, how's it go? Sin will uh, take you farther than you want to go. It'll, it'll keep you there longer than you wanted to stay. Is that true? Yeah. It, and then it what? It'll cost you more than you could ever afford to pay. And what's the payment? Death. The wages of sin is death. Death. Now Cain and Abel, they both were trying to approach God. That's the gospel first. Amen? Jesus is offering life to you if you don't know him. But Cain and Abel, they're both trying to experience God. Both of them are. They're both trying to reach out to God, aren't they? They really are. At first, it's all looking great. It really is. Both of them are seeking God. And you know, you even today might be like even Cain. Your, 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 uh, your, uh, your attitude, your behaviors, really it's a manifestation. You're seeking something. You're seeking God. And that's why we need to be careful to judge people who are like, who are, who are like sinning or even uh, trying to uh, find things in life that make them happy. What they don't know is really is what they're looking for is Jesus. That's what they're looking for. They're just going about it the wrong way. That's the problem. And we need to offer the right way, don't we? I mean, you know why people sin and you know why people go down these paths of even drugs or alcohol or spending all their money or going into extreme amounts of debt and trying to find, they're trying to find what? Peace and happiness and contentment, aren't they? They're trying to find contentment, satisfaction, purpose, peace, and happiness. But the problem is they're looking for it in all the wrong places, aren't they? And we would be foolish to say that there is no pleasure in sin because the Bible even says there is pleasure in sin for a season. But Jesus don't want you to have seasonal pleasure. He wants you to have eternal pleasure, don't he? So what Jesus is really offering is he is offering a greater pleasure than anything the world can offer you. And so today, like Cain, Cain's going down a path. He's actually looking for the right thing, but he's finding it in all the wrong places, isn't he? And that's the problem. And so they're both looking for God. I think they're both sincere. I really believe that. I, I even think that Cain, he probably brought the best vegetables to God that he had. I believe that. I think he brought, he brought his very best. But the Bible says that God accepted Abel's offering. He had respect to it in verse 4. But to Cain, the Bible says that God had no respect to Cain's offering. And so immediately we can conclude, if, if we're thinking about the Bible right now, we're thinking about God, we can conclude what? That there's, there's one way to God that God accepts, and there's another way to God that God will reject. 
And so God's really not looking for sincerity, is he? He's not looking for somebody who means it. He's he's looking for people to come to him the right way. Now, he wants everybody to come to him, but you got to come to God the right way, don't you? Now, if we fast forward, we know in John 14, 6, that Jesus said there's only one way to God, and it's through Jesus, right? Can I quote it to you? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father except by me. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the door, I am the gate, and I'm the only way in. I'm the only way in. And there is no other way. In Acts chapter 4, remember Peter said, there's only one name given under heaven among men whereby men must be saved, and it is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Now God wants everybody to come, but you've got to come the right way, don't you? So, so we can be sincere in all types of different ways, There's only one way, isn't there? Now, let's really get detailed here. Theologically, there is only one way. There's not another. It's not like that God uh, had four different ways and he picked the one he thinks that that he chose. No, there is really only one way. And the gospel is there's just one way to God. This is the only way that God can do it. The only way that God can forgive sins is that sin, remember, has to be punished. And the wages of sin is what? Death. So the sinner has to die. Well, how can God solve this problem? If He wants you to come to Him, if God wants to save you and give you everlasting life, if God wants to restore this broken relationship, then He has to do something with what? Your sin. But your sin has to be punished, and your sin has to bring forth death. You see, God just can't bring you in because He loves you. You forget He's also holy, don't you? That God cannot just pardon iniquity just for his love's sake because then he would be excusing the very thing that ruined his creation it has to be dealt with don't it and so then the lord jesus born of woman born from the seed of adam remember what jesus said you serpent who tricked my my first creature my first humans that your your head's going to get bruised but you're going to bruise his heel. And it's Jesus. And the Bible said that there's coming a seed of the woman that's going to what? Bruise your head and you're going to bruise his heel. And who is this promised seed we know now? It is who? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And Jesus came, born of woman, entered into God's broken and fallen creation. And Jesus came, and what did he do or what did he not do? Jesus never ever, ever, ever sinned. Never did. You know why? Because Adam wasn't Jesus' dad. Jesus is the son of God. You see, there's only one way to solve this problem. There's only one way. There's only one way that God could do it. And so Jesus came born of woman, but he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, and he's born of God. He's the Son of God by nature. That means his nature is not sinless, not broken, not fallen, not corrupted by Adam's sin. Jesus, he entered in into God's fallen creation sinlessly. Now how can God get you to him? How can God bring you to him There has to be one way, and there's only one way, and this sinless Savior died on Mount Calvary 
and He took upon Himself your sins. Your sins were on Him. He who knew no sin became sin, right? 2 Corinthians 5. He who knew didn't do anything wrong became sin. He became sin. And what did He do? When He became sin, He died. And the wages of sin is what? Death. How can God bring you to Him? There's only one way. Sin has to be punished. And God, in the person of Jesus Christ, paid your sin debt, which is what? Death. And whosoever believeth upon Him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. And so now you come to Jesus Christ by what? And this is key because we're going to come back to Cain and Abel. By faith in God's way of salvation. Because there's not another way that will work. Because how can God forgive your sin and give you everlasting life, but at the same time condemn your sin to a sinner's death? The only way He can do it and be just is that God is just by condemning sin in the body of His Son, and that God is righteous by granting eternal life to those who died in Jesus. And when Christ arose from the dead, whosoever believeth upon Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's only one way. There's not another way. It don't matter how sincere you are, there is only one way to God. Now, why does God receive Abel's offering? The book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 4, gives us some commentary on this. The Bible says this about Abel's offering. By faith, Abel offered unto God. That Abel did it by faith. Cain did not do it by faith. Only Abel offered an offering to God by faith. And so from the very beginning... Sinners are justified by faith. Not by works, but by faith. By doing it God's way. You've heard it said this way before, you can't work your way into heaven, can you? No, you can't. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by His grace, not by works. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know what that means? You can't clean up your life. You can't do good to fix the problem. You can't be here today and say, you know what, I'm going to do better. You can't even say, I'm going to live perfect from this point on, because what past sins, they can't be overlooked. They're either in Jesus or on you. And if they're on you, then you're in Adam. And if you're in Adam, then all in Adam die. And that means you're dead spiritually, you're going to die physically. And if you die physically while you're dead spiritually, you're going to die eternally. Where there's welling and gnashing of teeth. It don't matter if you straighten up today, you can't straighten up because not of works. You can't fix yourself. You can't solve your own issues. And so Abel offered by faith. 
Now, how did he know what to do? Well, we know that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's either that God told Adam, God told Abel and Cain, this is how I want it done. That's a very great possibility because Adam, Abel, excuse me, he took a, she, a lamb from the sheep. Because the Bible said that Abel was a keeper of the sheep. And it's like that God is setting a precedent. There's going to be a lamb. It's going to be an innocent lamb. It's going to be a spotless lamb. It's going to be a perfect lamb. It's going to be the firstborn lamb. It's going to be like Passover lamb. I want you to take the blood of the lamb. And God told Moses, I want you to put it on the doorposts and the lentils. I'm going to call it Passover. For this is the day when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. That's good, ain't it? When I see the blood, if you all get under the blood, the death angel will pass you by. <laughs> John the Baptist saw the Lord Jesus Christ walking on the banks of the muddy river Jordan, and John the Baptist couldn't help it because he thought, here's the one of whose shoe latched I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. And John the Baptist, welling up by the Holy Spirit, he said what? Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Amen? Amen. What's that old hymn? There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And any sinner that goes beneath this flood loses all their guilty stains. Amen? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen? That's it. There's only one way. You see it? There's only one way. Why did the lamb have to die? The lamb didn't have anything to do with my sins because the innocent one took upon himself the sins of the guilty one and tasted death for every man. See the gospel? You know why I worship Jesus? Because he tasted death for me. Praise the Lord. Amen. You say, why do you love Jesus? Is Jesus pleased? I hope he's not just a sentimental figure to you because Mamaw loves Jesus and your, your family loves Jesus and your church loves Jesus. I hope you love Jesus because that he bore your sin on the tree and shed his righteous blood for you to be saved. That's the gospel. Amen. And here's the awesome part. None of you deserved it. <laughs> so let us not boast or brag. Let's not think we're something when we're nothing, really. Because there's none good but one, and it is God. <laughs> For all of us have come short of the glory of God. Amen? And so Abel offered it by faith. You see, there's only one way to God, and you have to go to God God's way. Because another reason, you're not going to get credit for your redemption. You're not going to get credit for fixing what is broken. First of all, you can't. But you're not going to stand in the presence of a holy God that you've sinned against and blasphemed His name. You're not going to stand in the presence of a holy and a thrice holy God as if somehow you have some measure of righteousness that you can hold before his face and then have this crazy idea that he somehow you he somehow is indebted to your goodness it's insane to think that you know what that's called don't you religion by works 
that, God, I'm not so bad at all. Abel offered it by faith. The second option is, is that maybe mom and dad told, his, told their boys, hey, when we were covered with shame and we realized we were naked because of our sins and we tried by the works of our own hands to make a covering to cover the shame of our guilt and sin from fig leaves that God and quite possibly killed a lamb or a sheep. And the first shedding of blood in God's creation was to cover mankind's shame. And from the very beginning, the only way of deliverance and covering was through the what? The shedding of blood. It's as if God is telling us something, isn't it? Only the shedding of blood can save. Only a blood offering will I accept. You know why God didn't accept Cain's offering? Well, at first it wasn't offered in faith. That's easy, right? You see, Cain, um, he was working with his hands, wasn't he? And what's really interesting about it, that he's working from the ground that God, God had already cursed. And so what Cain is really doing, how wicked is this? You know, the wickedness of man's fall in the Garden of Eden was because, remember, they chose fruit over a relationship with God. And that's what you and I do. Whatever it is, that's what we're doing. But the, the, the blasphemy and the wickedness of Cain's offering is, is that Cain is working in the ground, and the only reason he's working, listen, in the ground is because that's part of his new curse. Remember, God told Adam, you're going to be cursed because of sin, and you're going to labor in the ground, and from the sweat of your brow, because you've sinned, you're going to be digging and digging in the dirt, and you're going to be scratching out a living, and it's going to be tough. And what's Cain offering to God? He's offering to God an offering from the works of the ground, the very ground that God had cursed because of his sin. You know what Adam, you know what Cain is saying in his heart? Really? Hey, this curse ain't so bad. Look, I fixed it. That's what he's doing. You know what he's doing? He's saying, you know what? I, I actually can turn this around and I can make it look good. I know you've cursed this and this is the way I got to look, but I, have, I, if you, I got this worked out and I'm making it look good. See, God, it's not as bad as you thought. Isn't that the opposite of the gospel? Isn't that what you and I do? See, God, it's not that bad. Look, look, I know you said it was really bad, but look, there's some redeeming qualities here. Hey, listen, the breaking news is, no, there's not. No, there's not. Jude, in Jude chapter 1, the New Testament, there's only one chapter, verse 11, the Bible calls this the way of Cain. It it is a man-made religion to try to get to God. That's what it is. And so what we have then is really two religions, don't we? We have a religion that God has designed and created. Or we have a man-made religion where man is trying to be accepted by God through the works of his own life. See, God, it's not that bad at all. And that's where we're at even today, isn't it? You see, I hope and pray today that every one of you are looking for God. I really do. You know, I think sometimes the church has been bad about that, and we don't, we don't seize the opportunity when someone is manifesting or expressing 
this desire to have contentment, purpose in life, meaning, joy, pleasure. What they're looking for is what they lost in the Garden of Eden, aren't they? That's really what they're looking for. And here's what the church has done, and I'm trying to grow from it myself. You pray for me. When we see that happening, let's be careful to say, oh, oh, you know, oh, you know, that they're doing this and they're doing that. You know why they're doing that? Really, it's because they're looking for what they lost. That's what they're doing. They're trying to find what their soul is hungry for. Here's what the church should do. We should offer Jesus to a world that is seeking purpose and meaning. We should offer the gospel to a world that is dying to try to find some life in a world of death. In a world surrounded by thorns and thistles, we should offer the bright light of the world and offer them Jesus. Not only because that's what they're looking for, but hear me, He is the only way to heaven. He's the only way to God. There's no other way. This morning, I hope each and every one of you are seeking after God. That's praiseworthy. But there's only one way. And it is through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There's only one way. I'm not saying that it's I'm not saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a good option in a world full of religions. I'm saying that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only way in a world full of religions. He is the only, we have the only religion, I use that loosely, where our leader died and then arose from the dead. We we are the only faith, religion, where our leader lives and you can experience him in your life today. We're, we're We're the only religion that you don't enter in by doing some work or having some effort or learning some creed. We're the only one. It is the only one that begins with the leader, Christ, in your life by faith alone. You can know God today. You can experience God today. How? By faith alone. In Christ alone. You say, what do I do then? Faith is no work at all. Listen carefully. Faith is just believing on God's way. And what is that? Jesus. That's it. This is the way. You say, what I just receive Jesus into your life. You know what it'll be? It'll be expressed through the cry of the heart. It'll be expressed with a prayer, some would say, of repentance. Since He is real and He lives and He's alive and you can have a relationship with Him, you don't have to start with me. You start with Him. And you talk to Him. You say, well, there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible. I know there's not a sinner's prayer in the Bible. But you know, I come to understand this. How could you not talk to Him? How could you not cry out to Him? 
How could you not say, Lord, I believe on you. Lord, save me. Lord, forgive me. Not just because you love me, but I receive forgiveness through your death for my sins. Lord, I believe and I receive you into my life. Lord, cry out to Him. Believe and trust in Him. And you know, you know why? You know what that means when you're crying out to Him? The last thing It means that your heart is believing. Since you're crying out to Him and He's alive, it means that your heart is believing that He died for your sins because you wouldn't cry out to Him in forgiveness. But it means that you believe that He arose from the dead because you wouldn't be talking to a dead Savior, would you? You wouldn't be. For if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, and with the heart believeth we are made righteous, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, what shall be saved. Amen? So I know you're like Cain, but you don't have to stay this way. I know you're like you, and you don't have to stay this way. Jesus is offering you hope today. Amen? Amen. It don't matter if you're five years old or 50 years old. You're born of Adam. All in Adam die. But all in Christ shall be made alive. Amen? Are you a human being? Yeah. You're in Adam then. And if you've not been born again, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt have everlasting life. Amen? Let's stand to our feet this morning. We're going to sing this verse. And I, I want to tell you too, I want, I want to speak very plain to you. He said, when can I get saved while the preaching's going on? Whenever you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In the old, uh, in the old days, especially Acts chapter 2, while Peter was preaching, they believed on Jesus. Some of you all have experienced that. In the middle of the sermon, your heart was awakened to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, you believed. You trusted in Him. But right now even we're offering an opportunity, aren't we? And maybe in both steps today, and you want to come and receive the Lord Jesus, but I want to remind you, Jesus is not limited to a geological geographical destination. Aren't you glad that Jesus is down the road too? Aren't you glad that Jesus, some of you met Jesus on the side of a bed, didn't you? Praise God, some of you met Jesus at a red light. I say this a lot, my grandfather met Jesus by a toilet in a bathroom. I'm glad Jesus will go where you're at, aren't you? I'm glad he will. This morning, if the Lord Jesus is calling you, you know what you can do this morning? You've got an opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and also make a bold public declaration of faith that I believe on Jesus and I don't care who knows it. I don't care what anybody thinks. 
I'm trusting in Jesus today. And while we're singing, if you'd like to make that step in your life, I want to encourage you to obey the Holy Spirit of God. You trust in Him. You believe on Him. Hey, we've been praying on Wednesdays this would happen. You trust in Jesus and you live. Amen? While we sing together. You obey the Lord.